0: Every Woman is a feminist show that highlights the struggles, triumphs, and accomplishments of women and girls and the men who support them. Every Woman includes a rich intersection of female voices that represent a wide range of ethnicities, social and economic status, as well as political and spiritual beliefs, with the purpose to enact social, political, environmental, and economic change. The views and opinions expressed on Every Woman are those of the hosts and the guests and do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Midcoast Radio Project Incorporated,
1: KKFI staff, board, or management. Good afternoon and welcome to this week's edition of Every Woman coming to you live from the world headquarters of KKFI here in Midtown Kansas City. Um, It is an amazing fall day here in Kansas City. You know, I, I debated about whether I should play pickleball this morning. Um, but I know from past experience, I would just be stressed out and thinking about the radio show and prepping for today's show and I would play terribly. So I passed. So that, my friends, is just how much I love being here, doing this radio show and sharing this hour with y'all. So today, I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming two amazing women on the show, uh, Amanda Arne and Sierra Berry. Amanda is a queer Hungarian theater administrator and a technician based here in Kansas City. Uh, Amanda's work has been as an artist administrator. uh, As an artist administrator is focused on supporting the humanity at the center of art and doing the work to ensure safe, compassionate, and efficient spaces for the creativity to thrive. Uh, she received her BA in theater from Florida State University, and she currently works on as the artistics on the artistic staff at the Kansas City Repertory Theater. Amanda also serves on the Executive Board of Directors and is a founding board member of the Theater Community Fund of Kansas City, or TCF. Um, they support local theater artists in times of hardship and financial distress. Also joining me via Zoom is Sierra Berry. She is a local actor and performer, born and raised in Kansas. She graduated from UMKC with her BA in theater performance, and since then has been navigating life as a working artist. My heart goes out to you, being a working artist for the last couple decades. Um, she is very passionate about outreach in the theater and in the film community. And as a disabled Black woman, she believes that representation is one of her biggest goals, aside from working with Redina King and Chris Evans, that is. Um, her Also, goal, also her goal is to make the arts more accessible and not just to see the art, but be a part of it. So, welcome to the program, ladies. Thank you for joining me.
0: I'm happy to be here.
1: Yeah, so Amanda is here in the studio with me, and Sierra, you're, you are joining us via Zoom. Where are you today?
2: Yeah, I am... Just at home today, uh, enjoying my Saturday after a long week at a new job, so I'm
1: blessed to be here. Ooh, that's fantastic. I, I absolutely, I mean, you, you debated beforehand uh, about turning your camera on because you said your, your room is a distraction, but I find it you have this amazing montage of stuff behind your head. I wish everyone could <laughs> see it. It's really cool, actually. <laughs> Yes, I want to go to there and just play with all those toys in the background. Right?
0: It's honestly yes. cozy to look at. I love it.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so Amanda, um, thank you for, for joining us today. I would love to kind of start off by getting our audience to know you a little bit, a bit better. And I was wondering, can you tell us your squiggly line story or the story of sort of your origins, your background, and what finally brought you here to Kansas City?
0: Sure. So, I grew up just thirty minutes away in Lee Summit, Missouri. Um, born and raised in Kansas City for a while, um, I was always a always a computer person. Always a gaming. Always on games. Uh, just, I. I never really thought about theater that much, but my mom was always playing uh, Broadway soundtracks and just music was a big part of my life. So art was always around, right? Um, and I saw Christmas Carol in elementary school, like many of us born and raised in Kansas City do. <laughs> and um, that was at Casey Rep and I was like in love with the set and the costumes. But anyway, fast forward, I was in Florida for 10 years. I went to Florida State. In that time, I uh, <laughs> my dad, who I think might be listening Right now was really pushing me to go into computer science. Right. Well, meanwhile, I had decided, yeah, that doesn't sound so fun. I'm going to hang out with these theater kids. <laughs> um, so I started doing theater in high school, and um, I, I auditioned for something. And my sweet uh, drama teacher at the time said, "You know, we really want to have you in the show, but I think maybe you should try the soundboard." <laughs>
1: Oh, no. Yeah, that's so a nice, that's a nice easy letdown, though.
0: That's it was really okay. sweet. She was like, "You know what? We have something for you." Right. She did let me be in the show. I had five words. It was Alice in Wonderland. Maybe she's a weed. That was my whole line. I, I um, love that
1: you remember that. Still, <laughs> that's incredible.
0: My old my big br- uh, breakout role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so <laughs> I I was in uh, so I was in Florida. Went to Florida State, uh, focused on stage management, and eventually post grad started working at a community theater, Limelight Theater. in St. Augustine. So I worked in stage management and then was a production manager and events coordinator for the theater. Did a little box office. Pretty much anything you can think of, I did. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, you know, I really want to go into the regional theater scene, but in that part of Florida, there's really not a lot of opportunities and I did not want to move to Orlando. So um, I decided to come back to my roots in Kansas City, be closer to my mom as well and my best friend. Um, So I came here with no job nothing. I just said, I'm going to figure it out. Wow. <laughs> um, and luckily I uh, was able to hop on the staff at KC Rep and I have been there for the last three years. I'm currently the company manager, which is essentially hospitality management with a little bit of like office administrator mixed in there. Um, and so, yeah, I've been back in Kansas City since 2018 and it was the best decision I've made so far in this part of my life. <laughs>
1: That is wonderful to hear. Do you ever do you ever miss performing, or did you just like not get a chance to perform?
0: Well, the only other performing that I did was in uh, the state and district Thespian competition. So mm-hmm. you know, doing a one act here, or a scene there. And let me tell yeah. you, I do not miss it at all. Okay. You, I would say you couldn't pay me enough, but in this economy, you probably could. But um, for the most part, you couldn't pay me enough to get back on stage.
1: Okay, that's fair. <laughs> It's great when you find your niche, though, and 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 you're still in theater because clearly you were drawn to it in the first place. So that, oh, that's sure. really cool to hear, <laughs> Sierra. I would love to hear the same from you. What is your squiggly line story?
2: Oh, geez, absolutely. Um, so, I um, pretty much born and raised, kind not necessarily like my mom didn't. Broadway on the radio, which would actually be amazing, but um, uh, I grew up performing. She always tells a story about how I was five years old, and we were at an event, and I just decided to break in the song, and um, everyone stopped to listen to me Mm -hmm. sing, and I even got like $5 from somebody, so like first (laughs) paid event at like five years old, you know, Um, but performing has been ingrained into me. It seems like every single event from the circus to um, different Renaissance festivals and theater, um, even little, like, plays in school where everyone has to sit down and, oh, who wants to read a part? I was always like, oh, you need to be a part of this. This is something you need to do. (laughs) And um, I don't know if it's because I'm also an Aries, but, like, that <laughs> fire in me was, like, from a young age. And um, so that's always been a part of who I am. Um, and, oh, and, you know, that's always been what I've been pursuing. And so around the time that I was in college and working on my performing degree, um, I actually started to get sick. And it started slow. Um, I was experiencing a lot of pain, um, especially when it came to walking. There was a while that um, I couldn't walk um, for, like, more than a few feet. And I actually had to see the doctor about it, and we thought, you know, it was just uh, vitamin D deficiency. Um, But that grew to where I am currently and I actually suffer um, from fibromyalgia, polyarthritis, and uh, when the nurse was reading this all to me, she was like, oh, and you have like a bone spur in your left hip. So, you know, on top of that and the hypothyroidism, it was just kind of a little cherry on top. Um, So, currently, uh, I walk with a mobility aid uh, depending on what work I'm doing. If I'm just uh, working just regularly, I use a cane. But um, I also volunteer at different uh, comic and anime conventions. So sometimes I have to go from using a roller later, walker, or to straight up a wheelchair, depending on my pain level. Um, so I've been learning a lot more about not only just caring for my body, which I feel like a lot of people, and especially as women, especially being a woman of color, it seems like we have to always put who we are and our achievements and the things that we're trying to get done before we put our our actual care of our bodies and ourselves first, because our achievements are what's going to be seen versus us. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that that cannot be the case. You cannot achieve if you are not, you know, taking care of your body. Yeah. So um, becoming, you know, I've, I've, I've been learning so much from people who, like, you know, I, I have privilege in my position and I have been learning from other awesome disabled people that do not have the privileges that I have and how I can be more of an advocate now that I am here and now that I am in this community, what can I do as somebody who has an invisible disability? And, you know, what can I do with my privilege to make it better for all of us? And I'm still learning. So I feel blessed to, you know, be able to have that and I want to be able to offer that on top of offering a place for, like, people of color to be able to be in the scene and in theater because I can't, you know, that's my heart. I can't quit performing and wanting to be a part of things, but there's the reality that it's a very ableist community. It's a very ableist job, and it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really doesn't true. have to be. So that's really what I'm aiming to achieve is really to make intersectionality and inclusion matter versus the people that like to just tag it on to their
1: stuff mm-hmm. now yeah and and visibility is is so very important because if, yeah. if you're seen and seen doing the work and, and enjoying it and you know as, as not only a woman of color but someone who is disabled um, you're going to inspire or someone else is going to see you or someone else will be able to come forward who might have these you know like you said these kind of invisible disabilities because some of the things that you suffer from are are difficult because you can't see them and you can't just you know take a drug and fix it and you can't have surgery to just you know make it better so yeah yeah it becomes chronic and so yeah visibility is so important well um we are already at our first break so i'm going to take a brief station break and when we come back we will talk more with sierra and amanda And welcome back to the Every Woman Program. I am Rachel here at the board and your host today. And I am joined in the studio by Amanda and on Zoom, Sierra. So, Sierra, you you mentioned in part of your story that you just started a a new job. How is that? And what are you doing?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, So, I am... um a, uh, I can't think of the official title right now because brain so but essentially um, I uh, work at a women's health clinic um, mainly dealing a lot with like uh, women, women's general health and uh, pre- women going through pregnancy um, I work at the front desk because I am not a medical student <laughs> 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 but I've got great customer service experience for doing that for like more than a decade Um One of my great friends, uh, TJ, got me this job, and I am just so blessed. I am so blessed. I I continuously tell him how thankful I am uh, just because it's been really hard. Uh, The last couple of years have been a struggle for me, and part of that has been um, because I haven't had a job, because there's so many things... um, you know, believe it or not, it takes money to be able to do things, and Absolutely. so when you don't have money, it's hard to do things. And I want to be able to eventually uh, save up for the big "we're going to make the acting thing happen" move. So, um, it's it's been a blessing and a joy. And so far, I'm two weeks into the new job, and it's really. It's like night and day when you work at a retail job where you know you're a cog in a machine mm-hmm. versus a company that actually cares about your presence being there. Everyone's like, oh, I appreciate you. They, they gave me flowers the first day. And, oh, cool. like, it, it's a completely different environment. And I've just really enjoyed it so far. I actually feel mm-hmm. like I'm a part of something even though I don't have the the quote-unquote important medical skill set that, like, the doctors and the nurses and the midwives have. Um, so I've, I've really enjoyed it so
1: far. Sure, but being able to greet people and make them feel at ease when they're going and, you know, because you don't go to the doctor's office typically f- for, you know, positive things. It's like something is up or you need <laughs> yeah, to check exactly. up on something.
2: exactly. And that's what, like, I really aim to achieve, uh, especially, um, you know, that's something I've learned, um... And, you know, I could talk about this forever. That's just something I've learned going through my process with my sickness is because, you know, people, and you could read so much about this, about how black women are treated in the medical field. And especially when it comes to what I have, like fibromyalgia is solely based on pain. And there are medical professionals that believe that black people do not experience pain in the same way that, Like non people of color do. And so I've had people really belittle me and blame my weight and, you know, anything like that instead of taking me seriously. So luckily for me, I have a primary who listens, who cares, and takes what I say seriously and kind of lets me, you know, despite me not knowing a darn thing about medical stuff, if I come to her with an issue, she listens and she's like, okay, well, let's try this, let's try this. She doesn't like, I can actually tell her she doesn't like that I am in pain and she's like, well, you know, it's my job to help fix it. So for me, you know, I always try to be a positive presence in any room. So if I can offer that where I'm working versus causing any sort of anxiety, then I feel like I've at least done my part.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you you make a, a really good point because, you know, women in general and certainly women of color in particular, um often have to be advocates for their own health care. Even if you have, you know, a decent doctor or you're a very skilled doctor, um, making yourself heard is so important. You know, we were talking to, before we went on the air about Gray's Anatomy. It's like, you know, in Grey's Anatomy, you go in with some weird anomaly and they spare no expense and no time to figure out and get to the bottom of exactly what it's gonna be. And they'll make up some kind of crazy experimental surgery to fix it. And the reality for most of us is, so are you under stress? Maybe you should lose some weight. please and Mm -hmm. you go back and and suffer so yeah that's a that's a very good point so Amanda yeah um, I wanted to, to talk to you a little bit as well, both of you, clearly. Um, but uh, in, your, in, your, in your bio, you talked about that you are not only on the executive board of the Theater Community Fund of Kansas City, but also a founding member. Could you tell us a little bit about that organization?
0: Sure. So TCF, or Theater Community Fund of Kansas City, um, what our, our goal is, uh, as I mentioned in the bio, uh, we're trying to support all performing artists, technicians, and theater administrators in times of financial distress or hardship. So we do that through food bank donations, direct financial relief in terms of grants, um, and also volunteer support. But we're only just about a little over a year old. Uh, We actually just had our first birthday party a couple weeks ago at the Buffalo Room. So much fun. Um, But we, uh, our executive director, Jake Walker, came to a few folks, including myself, with this idea, um, roughly based off of the... um, I believe it's Actors Fund of Denver. I'm probably saying those in the wrong order. Anyway, um, <laughs> but it's we had, Actors something. It's yes. in there. Uh-huh. Um, but we we had seen during the early in the pandemic all these different funds popping up, and some of that already existed, but really took prominence at that point to support artists in this time of um, just real hardship and us all not knowing if or when our careers were going to restart. Right. So Jake came to me and many other folks saying, "Hey, I have this idea. I feel like if I got the right people in." involved we could maybe do this and so such TCF was born we were officially born in October um, of 2020 and um, we started with our food bank and we started really small we had our first collection of food bank items um, at Casey Public Theater in the historic northeast Um, so we started there and then we moved to the Unicorn Theater in their uh, main uh, stage area because they didn't have any shows going on. Um, so in we the
1: drum theater in the in the black box, right? Yes, yeah.
0: yes, yes, yes. So um so we moved to there and had some shelves donated to us and slowly we were able to take more donations in, um, taking in paper products, hygiene products, cat food and dog food, and suddenly we were delivering and we had all sorts of people asking us. And I should mention the food bank is open to anyone in the community. This is through TCF, so we focus on theater, but the food bank itself, uh, we know that there is a great need and we have um, a wide network. So the food bank is open to anyone and as of now, we deliver and fund um, with food over a hundred households at this point. So it's really, really awesome. Um, but we also have grants, and um, we support new work. We have master classes. We're just doing a little bit of everything.
1: <laughs> and you are a, you are a nonprofit corporation. Officially. Yes, yes,
0: we are a five hundred one c three nonprofit.
1: And and what is your specific role then as the on the executive committee? What what do you do there?
0: Yep. So I am the uh, vice president of the board, working with Alexandria Washington, our board president. Um, We're very proud to be led by two women. Um, It's very exciting to us. And uh, so personally, I am there to support uh, the dreams and goals that TCF has as a whole. Um, Since I do work full time at Kansas City Repertory Theater, I often use that network that I've built there, or that they. Built, I should say, um, and reach out and let many of our working artists and technicians and staff members know about the opportunities that we have, uh, the resources that we have, and really just kind of my specific role has often been almost like a taking different people's ideas and perspectives and finding out how we can resort them and organize them into something that works for everyone.
1: Um, Actual actionable things that you can tangibly do. Yes, that's so important. Especially, I've been on, I've served on many boards now. And that is always the thing. It's like, okay, we can talk and talk and talk and talk, but what are we going to Yeah,
0: And, you know, it's so hard because there's so many great ideas and not a lot of money and not a lot of time. And everyone has one to three other jobs. You know, being on the board of a nonprofit is definitely a volunteer uh, position. So no one's no one's getting paid for their time on the board. Um, So we really want to prioritize it the best we can. But give grace for everyone to uh, take care of themselves and take care of uh, whatever it is in their lives while we still serve the community as a whole. So it's a it's a balancing act for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Sierra, you you serve on the board as well. What what is your role with uh, TCF?
2: Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Gosh, I speak way too much midwestern. Um, <laughs> so uh, currently, I, I um, Amanda spoke about grace, and uh, I have been one of those people that they have been giving so much grace to um, because uh, same thing. You know, date came to me especially because he saw in me the passion about outreach. And I know we are wanting to work together to really work on helping Kansas City Theater be more accessible to POC and um, people with disabilities. And um, so I know we're going to be working up to different parts um, because he's like, you know, you're a working actor. And I know there's stuff that you see that is a problem that I have no ability of seeing. And so I need you to be a part of this team so we can figure out what we can do. What are the things that you need that you think other people just like you would also be needing? So that's kind of where I am at right now. Um, During this kind of season, especially with fibromyalgia, just does what it wants. It's kind of like the... um, a, like flat partner that you don't know when they're just gonna have a whole rager, and you're gonna be the one to clean up the mess after they've woken oh. up from it so there's been times where i've had to not you know be at a meeting or and nobody everybody's so understanding and so sweet and i've had people check in on me alexander is great at that jake is great at that. everybody's like just been awfully sweet to me and keeping me updated on stuff. So I still feel like I'm a part of this team despite me having to just not sometimes. You know, sometimes you just have to not. (laughs) And they're very respectful of that. But those are the things that I'm really hoping to be able to help bring and give to others in my community that need it just as much as I do. So...
1: Yeah, it's so important for, uh, especially nonprofit organizations with boards of directors where, um, you know, you're you're such a new organization, your board is a working board. It's like you're not bossing people around, pretty much. You're, you're kind of doing the things. I mean, you do have an army of volunteers that are helping you. But as a working board, you have to do that. And at the end of the day, you're all volunteering. And so you're there out of... You know, believing in this cause, and so um, having that understanding and being able to give grace to folks who just, like you said, sometimes just can't this week or next mm-hmm. week or this month sometimes, um, is so important. Um, that seems to be one of the strengths of your organization. Yeah,
0: I, you know, I, yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. And I just want to not only shout out TCF, uh, our board, but also just this community. Part of the. Part of my love for Kansas City is how big this community is, but um, personally, I was going through a uh, major life transition uh, just a little under a year ago, and um, I was trying to get my own place, and as we all know, in this economy, in this (laughs) real estate economy, I'm a renter, but wow, it is really hard out there, rent prices are going uh, pretty intense, uh, raising pretty intensely. So with that being said, I reached out to this, to the community here, primarily theater people. And I said, y'all, I need help. Like I, I straight up just put a Facebook post out there and that's not, that's something that I was not comfortable doing, but I knew that if I didn't reach out to this community for help, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to be able to get a place. I wasn't going to be able to get uh, the ground back under my feet. And when I tell you between this theater community and in Florida, I, when I say I am so blessed and so supported that I was able to get back on my feet, put um, put the deposit down for my house, and uh, just really, NTCF gave me the grace to step away for a little while so I could focus on getting myself together, and it was just that I couldn't have asked for anything more. And uh, there was nothing but love and support, and people just checking in um, after knowing, you know. Th- how things had been going so it's just i i was sure then that tcf was important to me and excited but it's when you really are in that position where you have to feel that love and support come back to you it just the amount of gratitude is just tenfold and so i just shout out to our board for giving each other grace all the time and also to this community for all the love that we give each other
1: yeah it's it's also yeah, it's, it's so important, too, to um, be okay with accepting help. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to be completely out of money and living on the street and not have eaten for a week to, to need help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, from, from reading some of your posts and things, that's something that, you know, you've tried to instill in folks. It's like, you know, it's okay to need a bag of groceries this month. Yes. Um, and it doesn't reflect badly on you. It's just everyone sometimes needs a leg up and... Mm-hmm. It's, so that that's also important to understand that, you know, at some point we all kind of need help. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So um, if we wanted to know more about your organization and things that are coming up, how could we figure that out how would how would we find that
0: well uh we have a facebook and an instagram and a website all three of those um it's theater and that's t-h-e-a-t-r-e Fancy. Theaterfundkc.org or on instagram at Theaterfundkc. um information there you can always see uh what events we have going on which i also um uh, we have some drop off days for a food bank that i want to mention in a second but our facebook and our instagram are very very up to date all the time. Um, We also do some fun features on there for uh, different months. So we just finished Hispanic Heritage Month and so there was features every day. We did the same thing during Black History Month um, and during Pride Month it's just, it's been so cool to feature people within the community that um, we otherwise may not have gotten a chance to work with yet. So, theaterfundkc.org or at theaterfundkc on Instagram. We've got all the goods.
1: (laughs) Fantastic. I do know that, um, you know, with Thanksgiving coming up that you are doing a Thanksgiving dinner drive, too. Is that true?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, So, we did recently move our food bank. So, the folks at Arts Asylum, including one of their founding members, Corey Childs, who is on our board, um, Arts Asylum has graciously opened their doors to our food bank now, and we will be there um, for our first drop-off day for the food bank. So, on Saturday, the 13th, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., Uh, Many of us will be there collecting donations, and we are focusing in on Thanksgiving, so things like canned yams, instant potatoes, box stuffing, um, as well as the usual paper products, cat food, dog food, cat litter, things like that. We will be starting every Saturday at 10 a.m. starting next week at Arts Asylum to collect donations.
1: So that's your new sort of permanent drop-off site yeah permanent as it gets for now
0: yes Uh, as long as arts asylum is in that building we will be there got
1: you yeah that's really cool um and that and you said that that's going to start every saturday starting november 3rd 13th sorry yes
0: as let's see is that a week from today yes math is hard yes
1: sometimes it is hard yes is hard
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you for validating me all
1: (laughs) So, um, so Sierra, I'd like to, uh, sort of pivot to you a little bit. I know that you talked a lot about, um, uh, representation and especially working with outreach in the theater and film community. Can you tell me a little bit about the work you've done in, on, in that regard? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm
2: still kind of building myself up. Um, there's, so many different things that i try to be a part of uh ccf being one of them um but a lot of the stuff um just comes from me and it's really surprising how i people like listen to me about things um but <laughs> i also <laughs> that sounds really weird to say but i've had many people just reach out to me and say like, i love the information that you put out there like i'm always putting out different programs i um follow a lot of people in the film community that either work with these programs, have built these programs or advertise, uh, different programs. And, um, but I firmly believe that a lot of times, um, we've got to be there for each other. So, um, because a lot of people, when it comes to being an artist in this industry, you know, they consider it a competition. And so, any sort of good information they would try to keep to them themselves and that's not how any of us grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, uh, with TCF, I've been um, gathering information as far as um, what shows are around us and what the season is going to be looking like and where people um, who may not be able to afford it can find monologues and scripts and what can we do for uh, like us that are already in the community, like where can we maybe put those into a file or can we um, start a mailing list to people that might not have internet accessibility because as vast as the internet is, there are still some people who depend on public libraries and things like that that may not have ability to get um, different, things via email or anything like that and they have to still get things physically mailed to them. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, you know, uh, on the activism side of it, you know, I try to actually be a voice in the community by actually calling, like, like speaking to these different theaters about what shows they're doing and, hey, you know, you guys spoke this past year. About how you're going to be inclusive in your programs. What shows are you doing next year? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are that's that's cute that you say that, but what do you know how what's going to? It's like you said, it's like that you can say whatever you want, but what is the action going to be? So and you know, I think a lot of people, especially when it comes to actors, are afraid to use their voices because that means they might not get a job mm. and. Like, you know, maybe that it it sounds maybe superfluous for someone who's still beginning in the career. But I don't want a job from a place that's not going to be there to support all of us. Mm -hmm. That's not what I want. That's not I don't want a big role from a like dream show that's going to treat another another person like especially if their LBGT plus or if it's disabled or anything like that, if they're going to treat them, like, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. So um, I do talk to these other theaters. Um, I, um, Especially, I think, new eyes have opened for me um, in my journey um, with my disability that I see it's like, hey, you know that place that you really love? Totally not accessible. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And I've actually started to really make it my job to find out who runs these places and speak to them. Uh, I literally was at a show that I had trouble going to the restaurant, and I can still walk. So, (laughs) if I had trouble, then I have to think about my other peers who aren't as privileged as I am. And I had to speak to a uh, production, I like legit, I was like, hey, you know, can I speak to somebody about this? And let the, let it be known what was going on. I think people are so afraid of that, but you have to be an advocate for other people. Yeah. Like that's how any of us are gonna be able, you, if you are a privileged person in a situation, you have to you have to advocate for your fellow peers. Elsewise, it's, the community is not going to grow like we need it to, like we're desperate for. yeah
1: that that's actually a a great sort of a kernel of an idea to be able to sort of review local arts organizations based on not only their physical accessibility to folks um you know who need help or you know need to be accommodated um but but also yeah who is actually being inclusive and who's just talking about it on their in their mission statement and things having a repository where people can actually go look at it and say oh you did awesome or you all need some work um yeah. you know that's that's how things change and if you can do it with an organization so it's not just you know someone raging at the sky and you know raging yeah. at the clouds in the air and is easily sort of isolated um, cuz you know the fear of retribution is is real there we go. because in especially in the theater industry it's very small and you know yeah. you, nobody wants that reputation of being the rabble rouser and the and the person who causes trouble mm-hmm. but sometimes right. you have to and you have to stand up for Yeah and that's the
2: yourself. thing too it's like you know why why would it be considered a bad thing or causing trouble to you know advocate for other people you know right. to actually care about other people that- you know so it's it's sad that it's that it is that mindset
0: of oh if I speak out about this thing I might get in trouble yeah well I I feel grateful for uh, I feel grateful that these conversations are happening now and that people are a little more open to it but it's like it shouldn't it shouldn't keep having to it shouldn't have to keep being this push, but also I, I think of TCF in the way, like we have our Crescendo Award, right? Our Crescendo Award is for uh, new works of BIPOC artists in Kansas City, amplifying underrepresented voices um, with grants and mentorships. So we had four winners, it's amazing, I'm very excited, but I bring that up to say, we're tiny, we're new, we're one year old, yeah. and if we have, found a way to make the connections and have the conversations to bring this work into the world partner with other organizations i don't really see a reason why we should be one of the only places doing this or it's coming from all this grassroots which is so important grassroots is amazing and it needs to happen but it's kind of as we do this work it just reminds me with larger organizations like hey if we can do this y'all can too there's no excuse anymore
1: period Mm Mm. Yeah, you, you bring mm-hmm. up and the-
2: there's so many different like websites that are being actually built up by artists of color in the community where we are keeping track
1: mm-hmm. of
2: the companies and that that are going by that are going by what they say they're gonna do and who aren't, you know? Yeah. Um so change is happening. It's just like you said, it's a rumbling that, you know, you're gonna either change or, you know. Mm-hmm one yeah. of those things and but it's, it, it's
1: easy and it's accountability too you know folks Yeah, a lot of people rage against you know the cancel culture and it's like if I trespass and do something wrong and I'm not totally inclusive or accepting I'm going to get canceled but it's really be, being you know held accountable for what you're doing Um, And and that is really important. I mean, and it's one of the one of the cool things that have sort of come out of the pandemic is, you know, er, the entertainment industry in particular and like the service industry paused Mm -hmm. for the first time ever. And in that pause, people were able to sit and look at working conditions, and you know, length of day, and living wages, and that has started to permeate into actual actionable things that are happening, certainly in the entertainment industry, and you know, in, in the service industry as well. Oh, yeah. Um, the my fear is that you know once things start opening up and sort of normalizing again, uh, that that will go away so it's really important to to keep that conversation going because it is so important
2: oh yeah absolutely like you you said it and I could talk about forever about <laughs> a lot of the stuff like presently that's going on right now Ooh, you I, mean, and me like both said, now. I follow the industry it, it's important when you want to be in these circles that you're following the current events and everything like that and it's you know, some of the things that have just been happening, it's like, you know, you know in your own small, tiny community that that would happen. So these people that have millions of dollars to make these things happen safely, it's like, why?
0: How? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like you're not even trying. You're not even pretending.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's bad when you can't even give lip service to, to the right thing, you know, and just sort of ignore it. For real. But it is interesting how, you know, especially in the entertainment industry, how things are sort of interconnected. You know, what happened on the set of Rust with the live firearms, yeah. I know, is, has impacted shows that I'm working on, where we had scenes with live firearms, or at least the script was calling for gunshots. And we're now taking a hard look at that and deciding, how do we actually do that? Do we do it safely? And, and what's important storytelling wise um you know is it really important to have a live you know gun shooting blank on stage Right. um unfortunately it it had to you know came out of a tragedy but Mm -hmm. you know those conversations are still happening so absolutely
2: absolutely and as you know it's a lot of like the small things too it's there's there's positive things that come from um i guess it's weird to reconnect it back to representation, but it's about the things that we see, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, you you asked me about like the different um, like things that I've worked with as far as like what I believe in, and it's it's it sounds super childish, but I also mermaid, and that's a big thing because there's not a lot of black mermaids in the mermaids of color in general is like a new thing quote unquote. And, uh, this event that I did, I actually did have, <laughs> it was, it was like, it was really sweet, but it was, this, it was a, a white woman who wanted to share her appreciation for me being there. And, um, it's really it like, um, you know, it's great to see a mermaid that's not traditional here yes. and i'm like I, I see what you're putting down i see what you're i see what you're
1: saying it's a little awkward but i get it and it's appreciated exactly
2: yeah. exactly you well, tried
1: exactly yeah it's good uh so we we're up uh, to our second break of the hour and actually the last break of the hour so i'm going to go ahead and take that state brief station break stay tuned we will be right back And welcome back to the Every Woman program. This is Rachel here at the board and your host today and joined in the studio by Amanda and Sierra is on Zoom. We've been talking uh, generally about uh, representation and about the entertainment industry and uh, this organization, the Theater Community Fund of Kansas City, which uh, both of these wonderful guests are a part of. So, Amanda, as the vice president of DCF Can, could you maybe look into your crystal ball and, and tell me about where you might see this organization in the next like five years
0: well the tarot cards tell me that we are going to have a really <laughs> successful five years y'all think I'm kidding but I do tarot okay
1: you do. <laughs> I do all the time if, why
2: have we not talked about that before
1: I don't know but I, I oh every every morning I pull a card about some major thing that's happening. So. Okay, we're gonna. Have that's a whole show. Uh, I
2: need to start doing that. <laughs> this
0: is a second segment that we're gonna have to talk about later.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> no, but I, I TCF has already done so much in our first year that um, I just know that within the next five years, when we really, uh, hopefully, the theater industry is back at its full, uh, back in the full swing of things, and we continue to have support from our wonderful donors and cultivate these partnerships with local theater. I think that we have the potential to really – With our grants and uh, the Crescendo Award, for example, highlighting BIPOC artists and new works, I think we really have an opportunity to not just supply people with assistance, but also just be a network, be a a hub for Kansas City theater that when people are first moving here, like I did three years ago, I didn't know where to start. I think it's really a great uh, place for us to be like, hey, come here. Are you looking to sharpen your choreography skills? Are you looking to learn how to do this thing or take this type of class we've got you oh you're looking to be an assistant director let me put you in touch with this artistic director of this theater um i think that we will continue to grow in our ability to provide assistance and our food bank and grants but i think where we really are going to thrive in the next few years is being that central community hub for people to come to not just for theater but performing artists in general just to really um have a have a safe home base and also share their skills with the community and be paid for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's sort of direct and indirect assistance. You know, direct yeah. assistance. It's like I need money to pay my rent this month, but mm-hmm. indirect in that you know I need to enhance my skill set or I need to learn how to audition better or you know those kinds of things sound really valuable.
0: Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. <laughs> okay.
1: What about you, Sierra? Where do you where do you see the organization and what are some things you would like to see over the next like three or five years?
2: Oh, well, and I, I, actually, that's kind of the beauty. I mean, me and Amanda like, got to really chat, and we learned that we have a lot of things in common, and like, I couldn't agree more with a lot of the things that she had said, especially um, the biggest thing for me is uh, these classes and helping people build these connections um, because it's daunting, especially if you're new to a place when you depend on connections to get an opportunity even now, now in a day. And um, the master classes that we've offered so far, you know, they are not, they are actually affordable. I and mean, if you try to go look at any classes online, um, they, you know accessible to everyone like versus versus, like, you know, you go like look at something in Cali, New York, you know, the big places that everybody's going. Yeah, you want to take a class? Oh, that's between three to $500 for maybe like two weeks. That's nothing, right, you know, it's daunting. Um, so, wanting to really be an open door um, for TCF and have all these different tools, to be like here, we got you. Oh, you just came off the plane and you have no idea where to start. Say left. Where, where are you wanting to work? We got you. Let me introduce you to this person and this person. And um, I am looking forward to that. I, I get teased to use a lie uh, in, like, the best way by being one of those, oh, Sierra, you always know everybody. And it's like, well, because Sierra doesn't shut up and Sierra always wants to. Be friends with people. I want to be in certain places, so I'm always talking to everybody. Like I literally, I did my internship in New York, and I was with a friend who had came out of town, and she said that to me. She's like, "Oh, you know everybody," because we just walked out of the theater, and I had spoken and gotten to know all these people. And I was like, "I don't know everybody." And we go into a store, and there literally was a person. that was like, oh, "Hi, Sierra," and she just looks at me, and I'm like, mm-mm,
1: mm-mm.
2: "So, you know, I really am very passionate about." networking and giving people these chances that if it were me starting over again it would be way easier to do i'm very much about not just bringing down the ladder i want to bring down a whole ramp my <laughs> friends a yes. whole big ramp let's go all of us together it's like it moves on its own and everything no energy needed <laughs>
1: yes. uh so uh can you uh Amanda, could you give out some um, contact information again if people want to have more information about this organization? How would we go about doing that?
0: Yes, absolutely. So our website is theaterfundkc.org and again that's theater ending in R-E. Theaterfundkc.org has uh, the link to if you want to be a volunteer um, and you are interested in that, you would find information about that there. You would also find info about if you were in need of assistance. Um, but our Instagram is at theaterfundkc.org fund KC, and uh, you can find info there as well about anything and everything we have going on including the food bank and upcoming events that we are collecting items and our grant award winners for the crescendo award everything's on the instagram and the website and facebook (laughs) and everywhere yeah honestly (laughs) if you give a google you'll probably Uh. find it
1: (laughs) so we have we've got about we've got about 90 seconds left before we have to go this afternoon i just wanted to to ask each of you briefly quickly um what do you do for self-care because i know someone uh like me who does activism work and who does aid work through other organizations um sometimes it can be a big thing so what what do you do for self-care amanda
0: gardening gardening, nice. house plants. I have so many. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but it makes me very happy. I put my phone away. I don't think about email. I disconnect. It's my favorite.
1: I love that. How about you, Sierra?
2: Um, if I usually I go to my friends. Like I am such a Big, I need I need my friends kind of person um either that or like my sister will binge TV shows will binge movies I always have to like stick into arts because I'm nosy and my mind goes <laughs> for hours a minute um but that's usually what I do. Awesome. I take in entertainment that I love. Um, there's this hilarious show on YouTube that I'm watching that does, like, is a puppet show, but it teaches about history. And it's adorable. It's so funny. Um, but that's those are the things I do. Fantastic. I take in the art that I love and remind me, you know, everything's not all bad.
1: Well, thank, thank you, both of you, for joining me today. This was a wonderful hour, and I wish we had more time, but, you know, we don't, so we have to go. <laughs> and we have to make room for the next host that's coming in because Urban Connections is coming up next. Join us every week here at 3 o'clock for another edition of Every Woman. I'm going to end the show with a couple of great songs. Uh, the first one from Nicole Springer, who is a local amazing uh, musician and songwriter, Heart Never Hurt No One, and then followed up by The Double Clicks, which is... They have one of the nerdiest songs I've ever heard, Dimetrodon, and everything in it is, is true. So, have a great rest of your weekend.